This episode is brought to you by Menard Premium Detailing, the best auto detail company in Bucks County, where convenience meets luxury. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and at MenardPremiumDetailing.com. This episode is also brought to you by Shamrock Sun, your new big-ass bottle of sunscreen delivered by subscription. Check them out on Instagram and at shamrocksun.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Thoughts from the Shade. It is episode 31. I know we ended our last episode making it sound sad and like like an end, but we're not going anywhere. There's still football being played. There was an entire weekend of football play that didn't involve our Philadelphia Eagles. So we're back to talk about that and recap Super Wild Card Weekend and get set for the divisional weekend. Um, honestly, Bob, I don't know how you feel. We'll bring in here, but with Super Wild Card Week pretty much in the books, um, I got to say, I, th- I think NFL divisional round of the playoffs is the best weekend of football on the entire calendar. Yeah, agreed, because it, it's the it's the weekend where they start messing with the start times. So, you know, Saturday, obviously, of the 4.30 and the 8.15, but Sunday they kick it to 3 and 6.30. So it gives you time to get your, you know, gym pump in on, on Sunday morning. You need to get the mask, get the mask. You need to hit the grocery store. You need to get the buffalo chicken dip in the oven. You need to go out to the beer distributor, get that ice down. gives you plenty of time. It's a beautiful thing. But, yeah, let's, I mean, let's look back on the weekend that was. Um, first game of the weekend. Always exciting, you know, the, the sun's going down. The days are starting to get a little bit longer, so this that Saturday 4.30 game between uh, Oakland, Las Vegas, the Raiders, and Cincinnati, it starts on a very cold day as the sun's starting to go down. It's starting to get dark, and, you know, you're, I'm inside. You got the, the fire going. It's just it's a beautiful thing. The playoffs are here. You're totally locked in. Beer in hand, snacks ready to go. Um, just awesome, but... Joe Burrow and the Bengals get their first playoff win in 30, 32 years. I don't know what the exact number is, but somewhere in the 30 range. And they stand and hold serve against Derek Carr and the Raiders, 26 to 19, and hold off that that late push uh, from Las Vegas. I mean, Bob, any takeaways from this game? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the – the big takeaway, the one that, that everyone's talking about is the, uh, the officiating the, uh, the whistle. Um, you know, I don't, uh, necessarily really think it affected the play, um, on the touchdown pass, but you could see a couple of Oakland defenders easing up corner look to ease up. I don't know if he would have gotten there, but I think it's just like a, another microcosm in the league. I mean, whenever they need to change rules, whenever they need to, to do something that's outside the the rule book. They got, they got the, you know, they got New York in the ear and they all huddle. And all of a sudden, like things, things occur that are just not within the confines of the, of the rule book. So that was obviously the, the, the hot topic of the day. Is that why the Raiders lost? No, absolutely not. I mean, they drove down the field with, um, you know, they're down there with goal to go 30 seconds left on the clock no timeouts, and what are they doing on their first down play? I mean, 30 seconds is plenty of time to run four plays into the end zone. And they fucking spike it on first down? I mean, you have a veteran quarterback. You got Derek Carr. This isn't like Jalen Hurts, rookie, second-year quarterback running down there and clocking the ball. Derek Carr goes down there, clocks the ball, waste first down. Fourth down, I think, didn't even get to the end zone. I mean, that was just a really pathetic kind of sequence of plays when you had to have it. But obviously good on the Bengals. I thought Burrow looked good. You know, you watch a guy like that, and you just think to yourself, like, he's what everyone thought Carson Wentz was, right? We thought we had a, a franchise guy, and everybody talks about the injury. Burrow's, Burrow's knee blows up. He's He comes back in record time, and what does he do? Leads the team to the playoffs. Has a great connection with his receivers. Looks every bit the franchise guy. So, I mean, if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan right now, I mean, the future couldn't be brighter. 
Totally agree. Burrow was, uh, I mean, it was fun to watch at LSU and it was only one year. So maybe you think it's like a flash in the pan and he was at Ohio state and didn't play there. And then he's transferring around and he finally gets, gets in at LSU and absolutely lights it up has the injury and, and comes back and he's still just, just getting it done. And the connection with, with chase obviously dates back to LSU, but I mean, that, that's, that, is that, is, is it, it's maybe a little early to say, but like, that's gotta be like a modern day, like Manning and, and Marvin Harrison connection. It's got the early looks of it, at least. I totally agree. Just to to go back to the officiating thing, like for anyone that 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 didn't know and, and needs a quick summary, like Joe Burrow is rolling to the sideline, he throws the ball into the end zone, and before the ball is caught, um, by I believe it was Boyd, uh, before right like a half second before the ball is caught, the whistle blows, and Folks, you know, with the Raiders and just football fans in general, I guess, wanted the play to be blown dead. So the whistle was blown because they thought Joe Burrow stepped out of bounds before he let go of the ball, which ultimately he didn't. Um, but I believe it was an NBC game, and it was like Tariko and, and Drew Brees. Oh, my God. We got to get to that. Um <laughs> But I think they brought in whoever the NBC rules guy is, and he said if the whistle blows before the catch is made, then the the play, it's a it's a non-play, and it should, it should just be replay the down. But I, I personally thought that that the whistle had zero impact on the play whatsoever. It was literally half a second before the touchdown was caught. Um, so I I, I don't really, I mean I understand why it's like a huge conversation uh, all over the sports world after that game, but like. You said it. It had no impact on on the play or on the game. I think the bigger issue is the league just flexing the rules to do whatever they want in key moments, right? So, like, think back to – this is going to be unpopular, but I'm going to say think back to Super Bowl 52. The Corey Clement touchdown, you could argue wasn't a touchdown all regular season, but it was ruled a touchdown on the field, and it stayed a touchdown in – replay same with the Zach Ertz touchdown to, to go up like there was a there was a um a play earlier in the year with Pittsburgh where um the tight end I think it was Jesse James reached out similarly to Ertz and the ball kicked up and they called it incomplete um I, I just think in key moments in playoff situations the issue I have is the NFL totally abandons the rule book um we saw it Yesterday, and, 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 you know, we'll talk about this game, but we saw it with the Cowboys, right? That, that, that replay where they ruled the 49ers short in the regular season, that's inconclusive. That play stands. They go, oh, yeah, that, that we can't even see where the ball is compared to the sticks, et cetera. But I just think it's, it, it, you know, it didn't affect the play. It, it was the right, the right result, the right outcome on that play. But it's just, it's the shield, man. This is what they do. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if the rule is that if the whistle blows before like the catch is complete, that you replay the down, then they should have replayed the down. But they got the right result, I guess, and and that's all that matters. But Bengals move on. They got uh, I gotta look. The Bengals got Tennessee at Tennessee Saturday at four thirty. Uh, Tennessee favored by three and a half. I don't know if Derrick Henry's gonna be back, but. They got A.J. Brown back. Their Tennessee looked to be rounding into form a little bit, and they got the bye, so should be an interesting game and, and a tough test for, for the Bengals because they they uh, they took a couple injuries. I got a question for you. On so that, line right now is it, that line as it stands now is three and a half. But I have a question for you on Cincinnati. All right. So uh, Zach Taylor, obviously young head coach, Press's brother who was a bum here. What do you think? I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but I'm going to ask your opinion anyway. Cincinnati Bengals actually awarded three game balls to the fans. Did, did you see this? I didn't see this. So there's a video of Zach Taylor in a bar in Cincinnati with no microphone. Like, he doesn't have the Yeti microphone set up like Bob and G. He's, like, on top of a karaoke stage 
screaming at the top of his lungs with like not even a game ball. It's like a white like it's those white footballs that they have for like autographs. And he's in a bar, like packed to the gills, screaming about how this this means so much to Cincinnati and we're awarding the game ball to the fans and this ball will live forever in this bar. I mean, you want a fucking wild card around football game, dude. What do you think of that? Wow. I did not know that, dude. That's I need to see that footage, but you won. You beat the fucking Las Vegas Raiders, who, I mean, I guess they weren't the last seed in, but they very, very well might as might as well have been. I mean, and in a normal year, they were the last seed in, but give, giving out game balls at a local bar. And, and saying this is for the fans. I mean, that's great, you, right? You won the game for your fans, and you haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. But like, where's the Mamba mentality, man? Job's not done. Job's not done. I mean, the opponent you just beat, their their best receivers sitting in a jail cell getting three square meals a day. I mean, like, and we're going to a bar and and uh, and pumping the the you know the game ball for the fans. I mean. And that's not even to mention all the issues with COVID, right? Not, and we could agree or disagree on what you think about Omicron, but like, why do you have representatives of the team out in a crowded bar, like where they're going to be mobbed by people in the middle of a playoff run? It makes no sense. It's a good point too. I didn't think about that, but that's wild. I have to, I have to hunt that video down because I, I got to see that. But no, that's, that's, that's kind of a dog shit move. I mean, you, you could do, you don't need to go out to a bar. You could do an honorary, you know, game ball, post it on the Twitter and the Instagram, and and put it in the facility. This one's for the fans or something. And then just move the fuck on. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> so true. You're, you 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 should be preparing for Tennessee, and you're out at a bar handing out footballs, like like it's a high school football game, and they're throwing those little plastic guys up into the stands. On Thanksgiving Day. I mean, Jesus Christ. Are, are you leaning Titans? Uh, <laughs> now that I heard that, and then, like I, I was saying before we brought that up, uh, Cincinnati got banged up in that game. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's early in the week, but uh, as always, we'll have, we'll have the picks posted, and hopefully Bomb can do a little bit better than he did in the wild card round. But. <laughs> I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, anything else? Anything else on Game One of of the playoffs? Nah, the only other thing I had is Rich Bisaccia. I mean, you gotta you gotta move on from this guy. Like he held it together, but like I said, the sequence at the end of the game, you got to take charge as a head coach. You can't be down on the. You can't be spiking the ball first and goal from the ten with thirty seconds left. I mean, look for look for Vegas to really upgrade at the HC position. I mean, could a guy like Doug go out there and? And get that get that uh, that locker room to buy in and and fight for each other and and scheme something up for a, a Derek Carr or whoever it is they decide to go with QB. So I think, uh, in spite of the fact that the players are lobbying for Bisaccia, I think they got to go in a different direction. They got to get a a guy in there who can do the job and has proven he can do the job. Agreed. Well, we got through that one, and it was exciting. It was down to the end. It was down to the wire, the throw to not to the end zone that sealed the fate of the Las Vegas Raiders. And then we went up to Buffalo, ice-cold Buffalo. And, man, that wasn't much of a game. I mean, I, I, I stepped away from the TV for a few minutes between games, and I come back, and I sit down at 7 nothing Buffalo. They're driving again. Buffalo Bills circled the fucking wagons and put an absolute beat down on Belichick and the Patriots 47-17. I mean, I don't think I have any like real takeaways from the game. It was a blowout. It was never a contest. It was kind of like the Eagles game. I'm not sure who had a worse performance in the wildcard round, the Eagles or the Patriots, but you would expect a lot better from Bill Belichick. Um, but he also had a rookie quarterback. But I, I honestly think, and somebody said it to me before the game and before the weekend, but don't sleep on the Bills, man. Like, I know I, I know that, that, that they were part of a Capital One fraud alert that, that you had earlier in the year, but I feel like that, that's kind of what they need. Like, last year, everybody was talking about the Bills, and they were the hot pick, and 
But now, you know, they've lost some weird games. They lost to the Jags. Bombs calling them, calling up Capital One on them. Like the chips, the chips are a little bit against them. And I kind of, I kind of think the Bills, uh, they, they, they might have something. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll continue to bet against them all year because I can't stand um, Sean McDermott. But can, can I can, can I ask you something quickly? Mm-hmm. Did you see McDermott's get up for that game? I'm not recall. I mean, I've seen his stupid little face in like every cold weather, windy game. But like, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not like off the top of my head recalling what he was wearing on Saturday night. He looked like a a, a little kid that was. Bundled up by his parents uh, for for his first trip to a, a mountain resort for a ski trip, and he was getting ready to, to t- yeah, he was getting ready to take his first instruction. Like he had this puffy ass jacket on. Like if somebody would have knocked him over, he would have you know rolled down the Pennsylvania from fucking Buffalo. Um, and then the colors, like it almost reminded me, like if if he if he decided to ever grow the stubble out, and it was like a a, a fierce dark red. He he would have looked like Yukon Cornelius from the old Rudolph movies. Like that's what this fucking guy <laughs> reminded me of watching this game on Saturday night. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if he's the leader of the island of misfit toys. That might go to Bill Belichick. I mean, uh, you said it right. He's got a rookie quarterback, but man, I, that game wasn't on the quarterback. I think they're calling Buffalo's performance on offense. I mean, Belichick is widely regarded as like the best defensive coach of all time, potentially the best coach of all time. And they're saying that the Bills played the first perfect game in NFL history. Like they're using a baseball term for how they played on offense. They did something on Saturday night that no team in NFL history has ever done. Uh, Basically, you know, you take away the kneel downs at the end of the game. They scored a touchdown on all seven possessions against the Pats. They didn't have one fourth down. They didn't punt. They didn't attempt a field goal. That is so fucking bad. And Matthew Judon is running around there with his red sleeves and his head like chopped off like he's Ichabod Crane about 10 minutes late to the quarterback. I mean, all you hear from these Portland guys, oh, Judon, this defense, they fucking stunk. They got blown out. So, I mean, you lose a game due to your rookie quarterback, that's one thing. But that defense was supposed to be good. Their pieces were supposed to be good. They had a lot of guys opt out last year during the COVID year. A lot of guys came back. Belichick, the wizard. Little Belichick, the mini wizard. They fucking stunk. Well, certainly a letdown because there there was a point in the year when the Patriots got hot and they were first in the AFC East and they were everybody's dark horse for the Super Bowl and Belichick this and Belichick that. Well, they got Belichick the fuck out of Buffalo on Saturday night. It was terrible. And yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, man, something about the Bills, but they got to go to Kansas City now and exercise those demons to play the Chiefs. Looks like their early number is Chiefs minus two and a half. Oh, what's that telling you? I don't know. I, I think I think it's fair. I mean, you get the three points for home field. Maybe you get four in the playoffs at a place like Arrowhead with that, that kind of atmosphere. So it sounds like the, the, the books or Vegas or whoever's kind of likes the bills. But I want to say when they played in the AFC championship last year was a similar line and we saw how that ended. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. I mean, two uh, two guys, you know, each other. Well, Andy and, and McDermott. Looking forward to it. That game looks to be slated for Sunday, 6.30 CBS. I'd imagine that gets gets your Nance and your Romo in the uh, the primetime Sunday evening slot. Might be the yeah. best game of the week in you know, 6.30. Hopefully everybody's got enough of a buzz from the 3 o'clock game. Can you carry it into the into halftime there and, and uh, back off ahead of the week? I mean, that's a tough spot. Man, that game's got to be a 3 o'clock. It is a tough spot too, because we had the luxury of Martin Luther King Day, uh, with after Wildcard Weekend and, and the day off for a lot of folks on Monday. So shout out Martin Luther King, great holiday, great day off. Hope, hope everybody enjoyed it that, that had off there. Um, anything else on the Bills or the Pats, Bob? 
No, sir. All right, moving right along chronologically. Obviously, we talked Eagles on episode 30. Um, but, man, as sad as it was to watch the end of that Eagles season and the complete fucking shit show and performance that that was from our hometown team, what a goddamn treat to watch the Dallas Cowboys get beat in their own house by Jimmy G, my boy Shanahan, and the San Francisco 49ers. So let me ask you, Bomb, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> I mean, it couldn't have ended any better. Uh, the furious comeback, the Shanahan stroke fest early, followed by almost blowing it by throwing the ball all over the yard. I mean... <laughs> What was he doing? That was like literally almost like 28 to three all over again. They're up 23 to seven. They got Jimmy G throwing into the boundary. I mean, it's so bad. And then Fatso McCarthy, every time they cut to him, he's like incredulous. You see his seven chins every time he looks up to the fucking scoreboard. Every time they pan to him, he's looking up at the scoreboard to see one of the fucking 27 penalties that his bozo players pull off. And like, there's some guys you just hate on Dallas, right? And there's some guys on the Eagles you hate, right? Like I talked last episode about how I, I can't stand Rager and Barnett. And I'd imagine Cowboys fans can't stand Ra- Randy Gregory. That guy is Derek Barnett with a star on his fucking helmet, dude. That guy stinks. How many penalties did he take himself? I mean, I know Dallas had a franchise record, I believe, for a playoff game. They took 14 penalties in the game. And that... That just that just goes back to the coach and McCarthy and the fraud that he is. How the fuck does that guy have a job? How do you go from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy and think you're upgrading? You're basically getting the same thing. But to have such an undisciplined team committing that that many penalties in a home game, a home playoff game, when expectations are sky high, it's just a beautiful thing that it's happening in Dallas. But yeah, dude, Gregory, I thought the same thing. Like Dallas's Derek Barnett. <laughs> Guy was lining up offsides. He was going offsides. He was tackling offensive linemen that were trying to get out and make a block. It, it was just offensive un- holding. What are you doing, dude? That guy belongs in the WWE. <laughs> I mean, him and Derek Barnett would be awesome coming out and like the smoke with like Vince McMahon on the call. Like it'd be incredible. Oh my god. Yeah, but no, that was that was a wild game and. You had Romo off the top talking about Kyle Shanahan. He's one of the brightest young minds in the game. Um, there was something else he said, and I, I texted it to you, and I can't remember right now. But it, it was off the bat. They were Romo giving it to Shanahan. I mean, that leave, leave it to Romo, the guy that never shuts up in the booth, to get, be giving it to Shanahan. But they got out to the 23-7 lead. He was talking about eye discipline, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, eye discipline. It was... It was, yeah, the way they get, the way Kyle Shanahan gets guys in motion and makes the defense have eye discipline. Like, come on, man. I, I don't even know what to say, but eye discipline. Eye discipline. Meanwhile, Parsons is on the sidelines sucking in air. I di- He's worried about eye discipline. What are you talking about, dude? Yeah, just wild. But, um, yeah, Dak threw the pick in the second half, and, and San Fran punched it in to go, go up 23-7. But... Leave it to Shanahan to not slam the door shut. You, you said they had Jimmy G chucking it, excuse me, around the yard. But even like later into the fourth quarter, they just got very predictable. Like after Jimmy G threw the pick, I feel like they would just hand it off, hand it off. And then it's like third and seven or third and eight. And Dallas is just tan off on Garoppolo. Like the the game plan with the lead for Shanahan for being one of these eye discipline and best young minds in the game. That guy does not know how to coach with a lead. And both both these teams are terrible in, in big moments. How about when he put – did he put Trent Williams in motion out to the right and it's like fourth and one or third and one, whatever it was. Yeah, it was, the, like, four, uh, it was the yeah. fourth and inches play after they had to review Debo Samuels wrong because that was a good play call. You know, the, they, the reverse. San, San Fran needed a first down to, to ice the game. And it was like third and 10, and they ran a, a tricky reverse because Dallas, I think Dallas had a timeout left. So they wanted to make them burn it. And 
Yeah, it was a good call to Samuel. He got to like inches uh, short of the of the down there, and then on fourth and inches, this fucking jerk off sends his offensive tackle in motion. The guy's probably never gone in motion in his entire fucking life. Sends him in motion, doesn't get set, and San Francisco takes a five yard illegal formation or illegal motion penalty. And they got a punt. They give it back to Dallas and give them one more crack at it. And yet, they couldn't take advantage. I mean, what was it, 14 seconds? First of all, they're hitting these little outs up and down the field. Then San Fran goes into like a boundary-style defense where I thought like Dallas might run an out and up or something. You know, similar to like the... Uh, the Minnesota miracle game where like they ran and that was a missed tackle. So it wasn't a, it wasn't really the route that, that caused that, but they got, they got a, uh, you know, San Fran's secondary playing boundary ball. And uh, I mean, what better time to stuff the stat line with Dak's feet than right there with 14 seconds and no timeouts. Dude. Did he, did he have like a clause in his contract that if he rushed for a certain amount of yardage in a playoff game, he'd get some sort of bonus. Like that's the only way I can think that that they actually call that that play I mean and you talked about San Fran but Christ they didn't go into the boundary defense defense until Dallas got to like midfield or or plus territory it was they were just looking to give it away it's one thing to play prevent and not give up the big play but when a team has no timeouts in like 30 seconds to go the length of the goddamn field you would think you'd just guard the fucking sideline <laughs> no, these guys are bad, and uh, that that play call by McCarthy and, and I guess Kellen Moore's behind it too, another bright young mind. We never hear enough about Kellen. Every time I turn on a Cowboys game, it's Kellen Moore this, Kellen Moore that, Kellen Moore this, Kellen Moore that. I mean, you call a QB draw with 14 seconds left, no timeouts. I think it was from the 40, wasn't it? He runs 15 yards down to the 25, slides. He doesn't find an official. He puts the ball down on like the 23, which wasn't even spotted appropriately. And then the Dallas offensive line is is boxing out the official. Now, the entire time, Romo's like uh, at full staff on the mic, you know, screaming and hollering because the season's ending. And and he's like still puffing away at Mike McCarthy. They play, Jim, they planned it like this. They're going to get down there and clock it. And then the clock goes to two. Oh, my God, Jim. Jim. Oh, my God. It's over, Jim. It's over. Just like my relationship with Jessica Simpson. It's over. Dude, he's so bad. Like, he's going to get another game in this playoffs. And all I want our listeners to do, because I, I, I can't remember everything the guy fucking says. You, you do a nice job. And I get one here and there. But. He's going to get one of these CBS games. He's probably going to get that fucking Chiefs-Bills game. Just listen to the guy, especially in the fourth quarter when, like, the game's in the balance. He he does not stop. It's terrible. <laughs> he's like the friend. I mean, I don't have many of these friends because everyone I know, like, enjoys football. But he, like, he'd be good at, like, a ladies' night, like, down at Lincoln Financial Field or, like, you know, AT&T Stadium, where they invite the women down on, like, a Wednesday night. And they go through, like, football concepts and, like, you know, how to be a fan. Like, they used to have – I don't know if they still have them, maybe, because of PC culture. But they used to have these ladies' nights down at, like, Lincoln Financial Field where they bring in ex-players and they – you know, they – you know, it's like a ladies' night. They, you know, serve them a, cu- a couple glasses of wine and talk about the game of football, this, that, and the other. I mean, Tony Romo is, like, trying to, like, proselytize – the viewership and how great the game is and how exciting it is. And this play is going to be called and look out, Jim, here it comes. And I don't know about this review, Jim. It's like, he's trying to sell us on football. It's like, dude, we're already watching pal. Like, like I, I, you know, obviously I didn't play it. I, I'm not some grand expert, but like, I can see that Dallas is not getting another playoff here, buddy. Maybe Tony Romo should be over on the Nickelodeon broadcast with the slime and yeah, SpongeBob no. and Patrick yep. and hyping it up for everybody. That's he's kind of what I'm getting at, or maybe like too... the Oprah network. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what he, I don't know what it is. Who's he talking to? I don't know one fan who sits there and says, Oh my God, I learned from Tony Romo today. 
Nah, he's tough. It's just it's just way too much chatter and, and it's almost like he's a fan at the game and he's not not an analyst. But yeah, you had Dak scramble up the gut. They run out of time and McCarthy's looking up at the clock again and he's walking off the field with an L. And it was beautiful to see. And as he's walking off the field and as everybody's walking off the field, the classy Dallas Cowboy fans are chucking garbage on the field at the referees, at their own players. And what is the the noble face of the franchise quarterback have to say about the fans throwing trash? Hit them with it. Hit them with it. Good on them. <laughs> they asked Dak, Dak Prescott after the game what he thought of the fans throwing trash on the field, and he said, good on them. Not only trash on the field, like throwing projectiles at the officials. Philadelphia, we haven't heard the end of throwing snowballs at a drunken Santa from like a game. What, how long is that? 60, 70 years ago? I don't know. Was that night? What year was that? We probably weren't even alive when that happened. No, we definitely weren't alive. I mean, it was so long ago. There's, I don't even know that there's footage. I mean, we we still don't hear the end of it. They threw snowballs at Santa. Well, how about throwing trash and bottles and this and that at at the officiating crew? And then to have a quarterback cheer it on. I mean, if that happened in Philadelphia and you had the franchise quarterback who just got paid a boatload of money, say credit to them or good on them or whatever it is you want to say. I mean, it'd be on ESPN for two months. There'd be a 30 for 30 on it. But it's Dakota. He's the face. He's the face of the franchise. His story is a miracle or he's been on this grand journey. He's a punk. And I said it after the, after the Dallas Cowboys beat up on the Eagles in week 18 and he was pumping his fucking fist like he was Tom Brady running out of the tunnel at the Super Bowl. He's a bum. And he's a punk. Yeah, I mean, that loss to San Fran might be the biggest smackdown. I should say maybe the second biggest smackdown Dak has ever experienced in his life, with the first smackdown being when he got jumped in the, uh, the Walmart parking lot in Panama City Beach. I'd say maybe that's one, and then a home playoff loss to San Francisco's too. Wow. Yeah, you won't hear about that, but that's what we're here for, right, Bob? Hold these people accountable, man. You know, our fan base gets a lot of shit. Our team gets a lot of shit, mostly from us. But we're the only people that are allowed to hold hold our team and our fans accountable. It's us. We're Philadelphia fans, Eagles fans. We're the ones who want to hold the team. I don't need to hear ESPN holding me accountable. I don't need to hear ESPN holding the franchise accountable. We hold ourselves accountable. Unlike those scumbags in Dallas who are throwing shit at these poor officials who are out there doing yeoman's work, trying to run down the field and spot the ball after a goofy play call. I mean, they already gave you the benefit of the doubt on the fourth down run, third down run by Debo Samuel. I mean, they tried to give you the game. They did everything they could to keep you in the game. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, Jesus Christ, they reviewed that fucking Debo Samuel run to, to fourth and inches for about 15 fucking minutes. They had the little fucking measurement app out on the official's iPhone where they're like measuring it with the, with the camera against the booth video. They're like, Oh, well, it looks like it's six. And you, you know, you're always fucked whenever they're, they're going to review a play like that as the other team, when they say we will, they, you notice the official didn't say anything. He just said, we will respot the ball and remeasure. Respot the ball and respot the ball. Where buddy, what do you mean? We'll respot the ball and remeasure. So what you're saying is you're going to make it fourth down. Just fucking say, it's fourth and inches. I don't know why you got to come out and say, we'll respot the ball and remeasure. And then he goes up there and he throws his two index fingers up, uh, you know, in the air. Like it's some grand like thing. It's ridiculous. The NFL's a joke. It was like my high school girlfriend talking about my endowment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she didn't need the chain gang for that one though. <laughs> But yeah, no, good to see Dallas. That 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 definitely. I mean, I can't say the Eagles thing was a, was a sting because it, it was never a game. But still, it was it was a uh, a down day, and 
when you when you see Dallas lose in that fashion, it it really just warms your heart as a Philadelphia fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was great. You know, the other thing I thought that was engineered by the NFL. Let me know what you think about this. Why didn't we see a reaction from Jerry Jones? Like, how do we not like that? That play happens. They don't get the ball spotted. Time expires. How are we not cutting immediately to Jerry Jones? Why is there no footage of Jerry Jones's reaction to that play call? Probably, they're probably going to sell it. Probably, <laughs> is, probably is one of those like NFTs or something. But man, yeah, that would have <laughs> been so good. He was probably furious because they, sh- they showed him and I guess it was his grandkids and, and maybe his son. I don't, I don't know who's in the booth with him, but he had some younger younger looking kids in there too. But they were showing him the whole way down the stretch, down the stretch, and the Dallas is coming back and they're pumping their fists and they're biting their nails up there. And then, you know, you see that complete asshole of a play. And they don't get it snapped, and then yeah, no Jerry, and we needed it. We needed it. So it's a cover up. That that was a CBS. That was a CBS game. I blame CBS. That was an inside job from Romo. That's what that was. I believe it. So San Francisco moves on. They'll take on Green Bay in the frozen tundra, Lambeau Field. I read some stuff um, a few days back that that. Potentially, that could be one of like the coldest football games ever played. So we'll we'll see we'll see how the forecast holds up. But Niners at Packers, eight fifteen Saturday night. Packers right now minus five and a half. Um, I mean, you had you had Bosa go out. Um, I think they lost a few other guys on defense for for San Francisco against Dallas. And they're not playing in San Fran. They're not playing in Dallas in the dome. They're going to the tundra. I mean, I like uh, Green Bay by like thirty. I, I mean, think it, five and a half. I think it, I think it's an auto bet, but I will say, like in the NFC, San Francisco is the one team that I I wouldn't want to play if I was, like if I was Dallas. Obviously, I didn't want to play them, but if you were one of the upper, uh, up higher seated teams with a with a home game, I wouldn't have wanted to play San Fran just because they can run the ball pretty well, and and that Samuel man, he's tough, but. They're gonna be a little nicked up on defense, and if you if you can't stop Rodgers, it doesn't matter if you can run the ball. Samuel's what the Eagles thought they were getting in Jalen Rager. I mean, they thought they were getting oh, a gosh. slash. They th- they thought they were getting a slash guy, a guy you get the ball to in space, hand it off to him, flip it to him, pass it to him. Um, you know, the other thing was interesting. Like you watch these other teams play in these playoff games, they have no names, nobody's back there fielding punts, and and like. Everybody knows our punt returner. Everybody knows he was a first-round pick. Like they have, like you know, expe- like special teams fifth receivers out there fielding punts, and they're getting more yardage than our first rounder. I mean, you watch these other teams, you watch what they do, you watch their schemes, you watch their game plans, you watch their personnel. It's like watching a different fucking sport. Yeah, it's like it's like when we were watching the college football playoff, and more specifically the national championship game, and you watch that, and then after watching Penn State football all year, it's just a completely different game. So, so long to Dallas. Have a great off season. Um, will be really interesting to hear hear all the talk about McCarthy and Dak, um, you know, over the next few weeks here. But, but luckily for for Dallas fans, uh, Yankee spring training starts in a, in a few weeks here. So good for them. Is Duke gonna make them make the tournament? I don't. I haven't watched much college hoops yet. No, nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not dialed in on that yet either. But we'll, we'll have to find out so we can make sure. Uh, you got Duke ramping up. You got. Uh, Yankees spring training ramping up. I mean, it should be a big, big time of year for those uh, Cowboys fans. Yeah, and I, th- I think the Lakers, I don't know how they're doing. I feel like they're having a little bit of a down year, so who knows. <laughs> and we'll we'll wrap um, another game that wasn't much of a game. Kansas City at Arrowhead. It was my, my live dog of the week last week. Blew out Pittsburgh and Big Ben's farewell, forty-two to twenty-one. I mean, we were alive early. It was, I think, it was zero-zero after the first, and then you had T.J. Watt uh, with the scoop and score when, when uh, Daryl Williams and I think it was McKinnon had a mix-up on a wildcat exchange, and T.J. Watt scoop scoops and scores, but Andy didn't take the ball out of Mahomes' hands after that, and cre- credit to Mahomes, he 
really let it rip. And I think he threw five touchdowns in like an eight or ten minute span at game time, which is pretty insane. So it looks like he's heating back up. Um, and they host Buffalo next week. I don't know if you had any comments on the Pittsburgh Chiefs game bomb, but once once I, once it got to I think twenty eight seven, I called it a night. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh kind of fought back, and I think they hit the over. I mean that was that was big, but yeah, I mean Andy Reid, Mahomes, they're they're a uh, heck of a combo. I mean you watch that, and we talked about Dallas and. San Fran, how it looks like a different sport. You know, same thing watching the Chiefs. You look at how they're get they're able to get their playmakers in space. You look at how they're able to move the ball down the field with big chunk plays. Um, it seems like plays build off of other plays that they run earlier. So like there's a a method and a madness to the play calling. And yeah, I mean they're they're a dangerous team. I'm interested. Like that that Buffalo and and Kansas City matchup is going to be awesome. I mean you're going to see two high powered offenses, uh, two, you know we would both kind of agree, next generation style quarterbacks who can move and and really really sling the football. And um, yeah, I mean I think the winner of of that game you know, really has the inside track to the, to the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously Tennessee is the, is the one seed, but in my mind, the winner of Buffalo and Kansas City goes to the Super Bowl and represents the AFC. I think I agree on that. But we'll see how Tennessee comes out because we haven't seen them play, but Buffalo and, and KC are, are ripping. But it was a shame for Big Ben. I mean, that offensive line, terrible. Um Deontay Johnson with a couple drops on third downs when they had chances to maybe move the ball and keep Mahomes off the field. But, I mean, Pittsburgh couldn't sustain any drives, and the defense held as long as they could. And you can only hold so long against the animal that is Mahomes and Andy and Tyree Kill and Kelsey. It's it's tough. But, yeah, I, in, in terms of a, of a watching uh, perspective – that Bills Chiefs game might be the game of the year next week. Totally agree. You have anything else on that game? No, I don't think so. It wasn't wasn't much there. I'll give you my thoughts on um, Rams Cardinals. Now, uh, obviously, uh, just a you know pathetic game, really unwatchable. Um, Two frauds at head head coach, two frauds at quarterback. Um, sloppy. You know, we saw a lot of dancing from that from that Rams defense, but you know those guys are washed. It was just it was slop. Murray was running for his life, but that guy's not a franchise quarterback. Stafford looks bad, and you know, uh, I just it, it's shocking that 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 the Rams were able to kind of get it done. Just a sloppy game. A sloppy performance. So, you know, this will be a quick stint for McVay and the boys. I think Brady gets the job done. You know, the Rams are going to obviously fly east and, and play on that nice grass out in Tampa as compared to that ugly turf that we saw on Monday night. Um, I don't think there that much needs to be said about this game other, other than uh, the Rams, the head coach, the quarterback, they're frauds. Um, Arizona, you know, Kingsbury and, and Murray are frauds. I mean, just, just a really, you know, we talked about super wild card week. This is what we get on Monday night. I mean, pretty disgusting. Should I tell the listeners, Bob? Yeah, hit them with it. So we'll see, we'll see how that recap of, of, uh, the finale of Super Wildcard Week between the Rams and the Cardinals holds up because we are recording this recap on Monday evening about two hours before the kick of that game. But I think it did a nice job, Bob, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully that undercash is for you so, so you don't go with the goose egg on the picks this week. Yeah, take the – I mean, coming out of this Monday night game, I think the lock of the week is the is the, uh, the you know the Bucks, Bucks over the Rams, no doubt. Yeah, I, w- I was talking to you earlier, um, and I gotta, I need to dig back quickly on the schedule. And my phone's not cooperating, but what I said was if the Rams beat the Cardinals, 
and they go to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is going to be a max bet because in week three, Tampa Bay went to the Rams, went to SoFi Stadium, and got beat 34-24. I remember watching the game. It was never much of a game. I think the score was closer than than what happened on the field. And Brady always keeps those fucking receipts. Like, Tampa yep. Bay got blasted by Green Bay last year in the regular season. He went into Lambeau and beat Rodgers, went on to the Super Bowl and won that. They went to SoFi this year, got blasted by the Rams. If the Rams are going to the Raymond James Stadium next Sunday, God have mercy on the fucking Los Angeles Rams because the GOAT is going to beat them down. I agree, and I'm looking forward to the uh, to the Brady hype video after that win, right? When he hits you with the score and the the bad boys, man, him and Gronk. <laughs> when, they, they, when they just dispose of those Rams, you know. The Rams got them on that goofy turf. That turf is awful. They got to do something with the color of that thing. It's so bad. I mean, it rivals Indianapolis. Indianapolis is like kind of baby shit green, like when you feed a kid a little too much Gerber's. And then the Rams is like, it's like Gushers green. It's like, what are we doing? Are we puking up like candy here? Like, what is this? It's terrible. The turf is so bad. So I think Brady, I mean, that hype video is going to be incredible when they knock off the Rams. Love it. Well, we'll look forward to divisional weekend. Like I said at the, at the jump, in, in my eyes, best weekend of football of the year on the calendar. Anything else to add, Bob? Yeah, the only other thing I'll add, I mean – We'll see when this episode drops. Um, again, G said we're, we're we're taping here Monday night, heading into the uh, heading into the Monday night game, and there's a lot of rumors swirling, and I'll just address one of them. Um, last episode, I gave Howie Roseman an A plus for his performance last off season. If what I'm hearing comes true, I will revise my grade to what happened last off season to an F. I think he would be, need to be fired immediately. There are rumors swirling that Mike McCarthy is out. If you believe those rumors and the fact that Kellen Moore could also be implicated with that play call with 14 seconds left, the QB draw, and if you assume that he will not be elevated to the position of head coach, I mean, there's a guy out there who's won a Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. Would he do it? Would he go there? Would Jerry Jones give him the bag to spite Jeffrey Lurie and the Philadelphia Eagles? If that happens, Howie Roseman should be fired. Jeff Lurie should sell the team. Wow, that would be something. That would be terrible, man. I'd go so far as to say I might have to change fan bases. Do you, I don't do you think Doug would do it? I mean, I guess I guess that you can't put a price on it, but man, I could see Doug somewhere else. I couldn't see him in Dallas. I mean, what if he threw what if they threw him ten a year? I mean, what if they gave him the Gruden deal? No. But yeah. It would hurt. It would certainly hurt because we got rid of Deuce, but we got rid of Doug. And I think Doug was the wrong wrong guy to let go at, at that point. Yeah, they got rid of Doug to save Deuce, and then Deuce still forced his way out. So it'll be multifaceted. My, my despise of Carson Wentz, my hate for Carson Wentz would grow if Doug Peterson becomes the head coach of the, the Dallas Cowboys. My hate for Carson Wentz would grow uh, by a, probably by about a thousand sons. Like, I, I would – anything he's ever done to this point in terms of screwing the Philadelphia Eagles would pale in comparison to having to play Doug Peterson twice a year. It would hurt, man. It would hurt. Now, are you saying that because it's rumored, or are you just saying that because Doug is is a free agent on this, this coaching market? I think he's a free – I mean, the McCarthy thing's a rumor that he could be out. By the time okay. this episode drops, maybe he is out. I mean, the guy took no accountability. He 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 blamed the the referees when, in you know, frankly, it was a play call issue. 
Doug uh, can really pick his destination. I mean, could he go to Jacksonville? Could he go to – you would think that would have been filled by now because I know Doug interviewed. Could he go to Chicago? Chicago is really handicapped with the draft capital. They got a young quarterback. Who knows if Doug even likes him? Same with Jacksonville. Young quarterback. Who knows if Doug's, Doug even likes him? The Raiders. Who knows if he likes Carr? Right? You just lost your wide receiver due to a DUI. You know, uh, uh, basically a, uh, you know, he you know, kill, killed that poor girl. So you look at Dallas and you say to yourself, well, hang on a second here. That offense is pretty good. I mean, could Doug, I mean, they average, what, 31 points a game? You know, could Doug go in there and, and turn that team around and get a playoff win? I mean, absolutely. He could, he's, he's head and shoulders above a, a guy like Mike McCarthy. And, to be, and he knows, here's the thing, G, he knows the NFC East. He knows what it takes to win in the NFC East. I mean, that would be a Which home Which isn't run. much. Yeah, it isn't much, but, like, the guy dominates the division. He knows what it takes. Be a home run hire by Jerry Jones. It would be a stabbing in the back of Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman. If that happens, I may have to get in the Lincoln Financial Field and protest. I'd I'd be in a world of hurt if, if that happened, and I feel like my brain would malfunction and I'd have some sort of reaction. But everybody knows McCarthy's a bum. It would stink as an Eagles fan for him to get canned and, and not be the Dallas coach anymore. But I think I failed to mention it when we were talking about the game, but how about 31 points a game from Dallas yep. in the regular season? And they put up fucking 16 in the playoffs. Just pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kicked a field goal there at the, at, you know, to make it 23 to 13, I think. It yeah, was, it, it remained. A, it was a two possession game. It remained a two possession game. And they got bet. I mean, that decision that was a bad decision, but they got bailed out on that decision by the Jimmy G interception. But that made no sense. It was like you have to score two touchdowns. So why are we kicking a field goal here? Because Mike McCarthy's too busy looking up at himself on the jumbotron. Yeah, he saw a big, you know, container of popcorn and a fucking. Mega Jerry Jones soda on the jumbotron and his fat ass staring up, trying to figure out how he can get one down in the sidelines. That guy's a bum. Total bum. Should we wrap it on that? All right, everybody, thank you for listening. We'll look forward to the divisional round this weekend. We'll have our picks posted to the Instagram. Everybody enjoy the games. Um, Cause this is it. This is the home stretch. Uh, don't forget. Whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please leave your boys G and Bomb a five-star review and tell a friend. And until next week when we're back to recap the divisional round and look forward to the championship weekend, everybody take care. <laughs>